every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Hey, they love teachers. If you are a teacher who needs LASIK, Davis Vision wants to give back. Schedule a free consultation appointment and inquire about additional savings uh, on top of their summer sale price. Call today, 801-253-3080, or simply go to davisvisionmd.com. Uh, Gordon, should we uh, get things started with a little what's going on? I'm all for it. All right, let's start with DJ and PK. Uh, they gave their reaction to a Matt Moore report about Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich being uh, possible trade commodities. I got to say, I don't know who Matt Moore is, but I, I think he's being pretty upfront he's here. A backup quarterback in the NFL. Wasn't he? Different Matt Moore. Okay, okay. I didn't... This is a report that doesn't tell you a whole lot. That's a heck of a way to start a report. <laughs> But I guess he's being being honest, right? I'm passing it on as a sign that there is not a clear understanding of where Utah is at. Now, he recaps Dennis Lindsay, transition to a consultant role with Justin Zanuck taking over. New ownership wants to be aggressive. Team's coming off the best record in the NBA, even if they lost disappointingly in the conference semis to the Clips without Kawhi. True. So now you get to this. Multiple league sources. Do you break out in hives at the thought of sources? It's the way of the world, man. Multiple league sources indicated this week that the Jazz were open to trade discussions. Which is not Do we need sources? No. (laughs) But the next sentence is... Right. But can you imagine, Justin Zanuck, I am not open to trade discussions. Leave me alone. That'd be huge. That'd be bigger (laughs) news news. than being open Open. to. Right. So here comes the the meteor part. The consensus is that Derek Favors is not only available, but Utah is eager to move him to clear his roughly $20 million in remaining salary, including a $10 million player option for the 2022-23 season. Well, uh, yeah, this year, next year, this coming season and the year after. However, and that's not really surprising news. However, sources suggested that Bojan Bogdanovic and Joe Ingles were also bandied about as available if the Jazz could get a significant upgrade which would be a major shakeup for the team, especially with Mike Conley headed to unrestricted free agency this well, it summer. Would, it would be. It w- I agree with that. It would be a major shakeup. Two executives flatly countered that this week, however, saying that the Jazz had indicated in no uncertain terms that they were planning to run it back. That's in quotes. Run it back with the core from this season. So Matt Moore writes, so which is it? Given the information, he says he'd lean towards the idea that the Jazz are more likely to stand pat. Those things can change quickly if Conley moves on and Utah is forced to try and reconfigure the roster or if ownership increases its desire for aggressive moves. Well, uh, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Yes, there is. I mean, and he says a more simplistic look might simply be that the Jazz intend to run it back unless an offer they can't refuse. Right. Good to have the Godfather mixed into this. Unless they get an offer they can't refuse coming along, which it most likely won't. I agree with that to an extent, but that see, if you're saying you get an offer that you can't refuse, that means somebody comes to you, and that could be very well the situation. But I also wouldn't discount that you are aggressive. Jay-Z is aggressive in talks himself. Now, nothing may materialize, but I can see the Jazz being aggressive 
rather than an offer I can't refuse mean you come to me, right? Mm-hmm. They come to me. The phone rings and you pick yeah. it up yeah. and, wow, really? That's I'm interested. Related personally, when I switch stations, that's what happened. I didn't seek it. Right. You told me, you have your phone. And you told me, you leaned across the counter, you have your phone available today. <laughs> Because you'd already, did, you'd already did. I'm like, whoa, I better have my phone available, <laughs> man. And I did exactly what you said. And they came and we had discussions and I didn't pursue it. It came my way. Right. And but so they I took made it. you an offer you couldn't refuse. I took it. Right. Yeah. And there was and other circumstances involved, keeping the brand together, blah, blah, blah. Whereas I could have sought it out, but I didn't. It was just, they came to me. Yep. I could see the jazz doing both. If you come to me, I'll listen. But also Jay-Z seeking out ways so both things both sides of the equation here not just one but the two and nothing may ever come from it in terms of trades and literal acquisitions and moves but you still are aggressive going forward it's interesting you know we're talking about donovan mitchell he's the central figure of the franchise right and he's the he's best s- asset they have in my mind such and, an and incredible everybody talent. Else right so you know he's only 24 mm-hmm but he signed for, what, four or five more years? So he signed for five, right. but the fifth is a player right. option. Right, So locked in for four. But if we learned anything watching the NBA, James Harden was locked in until he wasn't. So you're on the clock because I really believe that he has a burning desire. And I know it's cliche and somewhat trite, and you, and you can say that about a million guys and all that stuff. But we're talking about him. And so in a sense, they're on the clock with mm-hmm. him, Right. Even though he's only 24 and you've got him locked down at least for another four, possibly five, you're on the clock. And we heard that Windhorse thing say Dwayne Wade, quote, seriously concerned about the long-term viability of keeping Mitchell here. Now, I don't know that that means in six years or does that mean this year? I don't know. But I'm figuring Windhorse has established himself. He's not going to put his neck out there for no reason. I just I have to I have to believe in the institution of journalism to some degree. And, and in this case, I do. Because well, you've also watched him for a long time, though, and it yeah. doesn't seem like he makes up a bunch of outrageous stuff right. and throws stuff against the wall to get attention. He doesn't need to do that. Right. So I have to believe there's some form of truth. To what degree, I don't know. But that guy, that man puts it out there, so I believe that. And it, ma- and it makes sense in that, okay, they're on the clock. Mitchell wants to win. He wants to win now. That's great. You want that to have happen. You want that in the individual, and that's what he has. So... You don't go crazy right now, but you are aggressive in all manners. And Locke brought up the idea of trading Ingles, so now that's two people who are throwing Ingles', Ingles name is out Ingles there. Ingles brought up the idea of trading Ingles at the, uh, on our show, I think it was at the start of this season. It may have been in a, in a, when we were in the bubble, but I don't think it was. But the whole timeline got messed up. I think it was at the, the start of this past regular season. And it was something about, I can't remember the conversation, but I think you were talking to him somewhere, you know, you're here, you're established, everything would happen. And he said, I'd love to finish my career here. <laughs> and he paused, but you never know with the trade. Because all these guys know how it works. Oh, yeah. yeah all yeah. these, you know, he's been on the bus and Exum was gone. Well, very Crowder was a good teammate, and he was gone the whole time. Right? They all know. They see their teams turnover, whether yeah. it's them or somebody else, every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all know the possibility. Especially there. if you're not the ultimate superstar on the team. Right. Those are the hardest guys to move, and the guys who move the yeah. least often. Although yeah. they move too. Uh, so but less likely to. 
There you go. DJ and PK talking about uh, the report. Uh, the, the Jazz could be shopping Bogdanovich and Ingles if it meant that they could get better. I, I like David and, and Pat's take on that. I mean, it's kind of like, no, duh. Yeah, they can find somebody that uh, is going to make them better with the few assets that they have. They're going to be interested in that. Yeah, I agree with PK, what he was saying there. Here's here's the question, though. If you're Justin Zanuck and you're working deals or people are coming to you, and it's your job to talk about these things, right? You're not doing your job. If, if Some people get angry. They think, oh, well, how's, how are the current jazz players going to feel about that? Well, if you're not talking about these things, you're not doing what you're paid to do, right? And so you should talk about them. I think if I were him, and it's funny because I work on the other side of the uh, of the, uh, the 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 curtain. But if I'm working on a deal, it would be frustrating to see it get out. So that's until I get it done. If I don't get it done, then I don't want my players finding out about it. However, there are so many leaks. There are agents involved. There are people who, who want certain information to get out for one reason or another. And maybe sometimes even your own people want something to get out. I don't know. But you, this is what you've got to deal with when you're trying to team build. I, um, this, this would be very difficult from both sides because you're right. There are players that leak stuff for their own self-interest. So it's a bit of a dance in, in that way. But I... From listening to players a lot over the years and talking to executives, Dennis Lindsay included, I I feel, uh, and Justin Zanuck for that matter, not to leave out Justin, he comes on the show quite frequently, but um, that transparency usually is something that comes up when you're talking about what general managers and players have uh, can have in common, that they like honest communication. I, I Where I sympathize with players is where if I get traded out of the blue and I find out about it on Twitter or ESPN, I, I'm probably going to be a little bent out of shape about it. Yeah. If, if somebody from the front office, you know, is in communication with my agent saying, hey, you know, we're trying to make the next step. So a lot of stuff's on the table uh, for us this year. So if your client hears anything, come to me. I'll shoot you straight. Yeah. You know? Like, we're trying to get better. We know we've got a maybe a narrow window with Donovan and uh, some other things going on. Maybe leave Donovan's name totally out of it. But, you know, if you're honest and transparent uh, with the player, I think that's appreciated on both sides. Does that make any sense? Yeah, makes perfect sense. And so if I were in the front office, if I were Justin Zanuck and Matt Moore releases a, a, a story about how Joe and Bogdanovich could possibly be on the move, I would hope that Justin has been – in communication with their representation, if not them personally, about exactly where the Jazz minds at when it comes to roster movement. That it doesn't seem then then the player doesn't get offended. You know, it's like okay, I get that. You can understand something like that. Like like was a DJ or PK said, these guys know the game's the game. They know the yeah. they know what they signed up for. I I would get though how you wouldn't want to be blindsided with it. That would be... You wouldn't want to be blindsided, Jake. But on the other hand, if you're if the deal is just being spoken of, but there's nothing concrete to it, I'm not sure that you need to call somebody just because your name comes up. What do you mean, call somebody just because their name comes up? Call the player because oh, his oh, name oh. comes up no, in discussion. I guess, I guess that's what I'm saying is don't hide from the discussion. Say, we have discussions all the time. You know, don't say, oh, if, uh, Boyan's name has never come up or or just fill your, uh, you know, be honest with your players about your intentions as a team. Yeah. Like if, if you tell a player, you know, going to the offseason, listen, you're going to be on next year's roster and you're an important piece uh, to what we're doing going forward. Well, then your actions better back that up. 
Yeah, I agree with that. On the other hand, I wouldn't want to cause panic amongst players or create some circumstance of a feeling of disloyalty just because you're you you've had a discussion with another player personnel guy. Well, I I I don't see. This is the this is the fine line. If somebody calls me, if I'm Justin Sanic and somebody calls me up and says, hey, you know, we're really interested in acquiring uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles, and this is what we, you know, what do you want for him? Or, uh, you know, however the deal is is spoken of. I'm not going to get off the phone if I'm Justin Sanic and call up Boyan and, and Joe or their agents right away and say, hey, you know, your, 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 your name came up in the conversation. I don't want to do that because it's just talk. No, I, if, if it's serious, uh, so I'm not even going to bring it up it, just because we talked about somebody. But if, it's, if it does get to a point of being, okay, this is, this is hardcore negotiation going on now, now I might be more willing to do that, but not initially. I guess I'm, I'm talking about more mentality, and it seems like you're talking about more a particular circumstance. I guess l- let, me, let me put it this way. Ricky Rubio multiple times now has had his feelings hurt by franchises he's played for, either not signing him or trading him. Okay. We've seen it. We've seen the public comments. And I just wonder myself, like, how can he feel that way knowing what profession he has chosen Unless somehow people are telling him he's immovable or not being honest with him. I, I don't understand how you can have that reaction, because if I were in the front office, I'd be like, hey, listen, you're you're a key component to what we do. But if we feel like we have a chance to get better, you know, I'm we're going to move. You, you know, can, you can't say that to players, though, Jake. Well, I think you you're can gonna shake them loose if you do that, because so much is team building and, and from. From Quinn Snyder's standpoint, he's trying to get everybody to sacrifice for the good of the team. And so the last thing you want is your, your personnel guy or your GM or your uh, whoever to, to come in and say to the agent, you know, we really you really shouldn't be all that loyal because we're not being particularly loyal to you. Ah. See, I think that Ricky Rubio is he He's one of those guys that buys in. When he's there, he wants to be a part of it, and I think that's the way he felt here, and he, th- he that's what he prefers, and that says a lot about who he is. And he gets the business, he knows, but he wants when, – when, when Quinn Snyder's over there giving him a hug, remember at the end of that one season, that, that comes from the heart. That's genuine, and he wants to buy into that. Some people are more cynical. Some people just don't, don't care or – uh, aren't as into it as much as others. So. Okay, can I can I pause you for one sec? Because I think we've stumbled into something that's that's interesting. So thus the reason why a coach and a personnel person are different jobs. Yeah. Because you're you're there to do something different. But don't you, you think know, that players look at the coach as an extension of the front office? See, if I were a coach, I wouldn't want that. And and maybe part of the reason why we see coach GMs not succeed all that often because you have to have different priorities and different communication methods because you have a different job. Dennis, well, I keep saying Dennis, but Dennis and Justin, you know, the Jazz Brain Trust, their day-to-day goal, their day-to-day job is different than Quinn Snyder's. Quinn Snyder's is much more immediate. 
Justin Zanuck is much more big big picture. I feel bad for Justin Zanuck because he actually can't make a real personal connection with the players. But if I'm if I'm the head coach, I want to know what's going on. Okay. Or do I? Or do, do I you? not want to know that's what's what, going on what so I can, I can speak honestly yeah. to the player and not feel like I'm betraying anybody? On the other hand, I don't want to be blindsided. Right. So that's that's the difficult part. Like if I were a coach, I wouldn't want any part of personnel control, not because I don't want my opinion heard, but because I've got to coach the team now. And if the team thinks that I'm moving them or I'm plotting against them, they're going to tune me out right away. But I think that association may be made no matter what. I don't know. I'm I don't tell, know. I'm I telling don't know you either. what I, I. It just seems like when, when. <laughs> I'm telling you when, what I want. When, as when a you're coach. working for something and somebody is uh, considered kind of your boss, then you're going to connect him to upper management. You're going to make that connection naturally, aren't you? Is the coach supposed to come to the player and say, oh, "I don't know what the heck's going on." But see now yeah, you're then, talking. Then you look like an idiot. But see now you're talking in the abstract. What could happen? I'm talking about the why it's important that those two those two jobs are different, and it, why it would be hard if they were merged together because it is about relationships and it is about getting the most out of people, and a lot of times it is about honesty. Right, but I still think that from a player's perspective, they're looking at it like you're part of the greater whole. You being the coach, regardless of whether you are or not, regardless of whether your job is different than the than the GM's job, you're linked. And a coach better know what's going on. Uh, that may create a situation where we might have to fake it a little bit, <laughs> but you got to be aware, don't you? Especially if you're entrenched. Uh, I mean, Quinn's been here all this time. He knows what's going on. He's got a say in what happens. And, you know, uh, guys like Popovich obviously has a say in what goes on and others. I I think it's pretty hard to completely separate those two things. Okay. But it's the reason why – let me put it this way. There's the the difference between having your voice heard and making the decision. Yeah. Okay. I mean, even if it's it's a farce – I really want you, brother. Yeah, even I if, want you even on my you team. But, but see, what can we get for him? But see, Coach Snyder has to sell that. And maybe coaches sell it better than others. But the coach has to sell that he, okay, we've, oh, no, that makes it too specific. I don't want to do that. But if you're a coach, a lot of times you probably have to keep your opinion to yourself when it comes to personnel matters. When it comes to what's that great line in uh, in um, uh, Saving Private Ryan? Gripes go up, private, not down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh huh. So Quinn Snyder can't go into practice and say, "Gal, you guys, if I only had a point guard, gal, then we'd be good." <laughs> I mean, he can't do that, even if it, even it. even if it's that's his opinion. So even if it's a, a farce and Quinn is somehow and again, by the way, we're, we're just, just using, using them as yeah. an example and. And Quinn is pulling the strings behind the behind the scenes and not telling anybody about it. He still wants that. Well, hey, Justin made the decision. Guys. But do you I think mean, th- he's the one who's making personnel decisions? Do you because th- how do you coach somebody that you're shopping? Right. On the other hand, do you think there are occasions where the coach goes to the player and says, "I don't know what those idiots are doing." <laughs> I don't know. Part. Of it, I mean. Hey, so, Captain, what about you? I mean, you don't gripe at all? I don't gripe to you, Riven. I'm a captain. He's a chain of command. Gripes go up, not down. I'll- 
If Tony Bradley didn't suck so badly, I'd, I'd win more basketball games. I mean, as a coach, I wouldn't want that perception that I'm pulling all the strings. I, I wouldn't want it because you have to connect on such a more personal level than somebody high up in the front office. So what do you do if the player calls you and says, what's going on? That's well. Good job to bring the conversation full circle here, Gordon. I I try to be as honest as possible if I were the front office guy. I really would. What even if it's in the formative stages? I don't think there's anything wrong with. And now I'm going to do something that I accuse you of all the time, and that's soften the language, right? But I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, "Listen, we're our phones always. We're always going to pick up the phone." Remember, isn't that what Matt Wells said when he left Utah State? Like, hey, we're going to pick up the phone and we're going to talk about it. That's my job. And I'll keep you informed along the way well, if stuff not gets the serious. Job. But that's, I thought you were talking about the front office oh, guy. Oh, no, I'm talking about the coach. If I'm the coach, I'm saying, hey, pal, wrong department. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to coach. That, that, and if you're the coach, you, you got want the wrong number. If you're the coach, you want that luxury. That's what I'm saying. You want that option to be like, hey, I don't know. I'm just here to help you get better with your mid range jumper. Let's go out and work on it. Do you think the gripes ever do go down? Not if the coach is doing what they should be doing. <laughs> I'm sure it happens. Haven't you had a. I mean, yeah. I mean, haven't you had a uh, a uh, a manager? And I've been this manager at times. Who's thrown up their hands and go? Well, I don't know. It's the bozos upstairs. <laughs> so your gripes <laughs> did go down. And maybe that wasn't the best. Maybe that wasn't the best course of action. You know. But you're still trying to engender this loyalty from your from your from guys, your staff who have to go out and perform. That's yeah. the you know. It's a delicate. Yeah. It's a delicate line to walk, and and some are better at it than others. Let, let's okay. Well, let's put a wrap on this conversation by you answering my question. Do you think the Jazz will attempt to get something major done this offseason? Yeah, and I don't think anybody's off the table, including Donovan and Rudy. Yeah, including Quinn Snyder. One of those old classic NBA trade the head coach. Coach trades. Has that ever happened? Yeah, Doc Rivers recently. Yeah, when he was traded from Boston to the Clippers. Did they get a coach in return? (laughs) (laughs) And people out there may be saying like, oh, Jake's lost it. Donovan Mitchell on the – and listen, it's all all the price tag, right? What if, you know, what if Damian Lillard does come on the market? I'm not saying that I'd go Damian for Donovan uh, across the board, but you'd think about it. You'd take that phone call, wouldn't you? All right, now you've prompted me. I have to tell a story for the 5,000th time. Well, you don't have to. One of my best friends. It's dad, the law, Jake. Was, was the, he was the leading traveling salesman. Oh, the no, traveling he, no, he the, wasn't a traveling about, salesman. He sold pianos. But he was like the. the all the Eastern Seaboard. He, yeah. he was the leading seller of pianos nationally for a company. And uh, he saw his dad in the garage with, a, with an associate who was looking at his, my friend's, prized bike. And he said, Dad, you're not, what are you doing? You can't sell my bike. And he said, son, everything's for sale. What a loving father. Was his name Willie Loman? (laughs) No, but uh, I imagine that's probably what you're saying there, that everything's for sale. But that doesn't exact or exactly create a whole lot of feeling of loyalty, but I don't it's know not how. A, it's not a loyalty business. So, I think that's where the confusion so, yeah, comes so, on so both ends. So where does the coach, how does the coach go into the huddle and say, fellas, I know this might not be in your best interest, but it's in our team's best interest, and I want you to sacrifice for the good of the team. 
Are they like rolling their eyes or are they saying, all right, coach? It's I don't know. It's the coach's job to do that, though. That's the gig. That's the job. Well, at least they get paid a lot. They do get paid <laughs> a players. lot. And some of them are better than others. We make jokes about it all the time. The coaches have to go back to the motivation well, and oftentimes they come up with something that's really corny. But it's because they've got to find different ways to communicate with their team. Because regardless of all the drama and in, the, and in you know the NBA, the agents and the whatever else you want to throw in there that's uh, distracting to uh, an NBA coach's job is to go in there and get millionaires to go out and play a child's game. And they're all self-interested. And they're all extraordinarily self-interested. Mm-hmm. I mean, back to LeBron and building brands and all that sort of thing. You know, you you talk about why uh, players don't want to play defense and they want to play offense. Well, offense turns heads. Unless so they see unless they see what happened the other day, and then you say, "Wow, that turned a whole lot of heads." What uh, what, what Drew, Holl- uh, right. Drew Holiday did exactly. So so um, okay, let me rephrase the question real quick. I said, "Do you think the Jazz will attempt to uh, make a major deal this offseason? Do you think they'll get it done?" That's a different story. Because how many major deals go down in the NBA a year anyway? It's hard, it's so hard to get a deal done. I mean, we've had both Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay tell us that on these airways. I mean, of all the the ideas that are thrown against the wall, very very few actually. Come. But it gets back to what PK was talking about, Jake, and that is the Jazz are on the clock. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Donovan has a contract signed, Rudy has a contract signed, but they're on the clock. They they have got to do what's necessary, and this last year was pretty darn good until the playoffs hit and the injuries hit. But it, it'll be interesting if they run it back the way it was this last season and give it another try, or whether what happened in the playoffs convinced them that what they have falls short, and they need to do something in order to make sure that. That doesn't happen again, even in the case of an injury. All right. We got a little windy with this one, but I still want to hear the, our clip from Hans Scotty. So we'll do that coming up next uh, because it's uh, the descriptor here is whole, whole World News, July 19th, 2021. And I'm really curious as to why the need to timestamp it. Oh, just because that's it was this day's. Whole world news. Okay. <laughs> In other words, what was so intriguing to you meant nothing. Want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got the Not Sports Report at 450. Jay Hill is going to join the show, head coach at Weber State at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Very much looking forward to talking to Coach. 
a lot of unique stuff happening at that level of football, Gordon. We'll ask him about the turnaround. <clears throat> well, he's done a fine job there at Weaver, has he not? Oh, no, he's been great. But, man, they played in the spring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they about played a quick like, turnaround. Yeah, they played like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> that can't be easy to, no. to jump right back into it. So we'll, we'll ask Coach uh, kind of the unique circumstances surrounding the season, and maybe we'll get him to – Tell us his secret on how he's been so successful there. From, from a physiological standpoint, and I know you're not a doctor, Jake, but uh, how long do you think it takes the human body to bounce back from a football season? Is you know, I would how, say a few months would be fair. I guess if you're injured, it, uh, you might need more than that. But just I wonder if the wear and tear, if you if you do need. Yeah. Uh, some time. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's ask let's ask coach about it because uh, he's going through it right now. So I'm sure it's it's difficult. Let's get to this clip from Hanson Scotty because I, I am very curious about it. It's their whole world news from today. What do you want to hear about? A well-paying job to taste tacos or a drug smuggling operation gone poorly? Um. Oof. Well. As much as I enjoy a good taco, I always like <laughs> when the when the crimes go poorly. Well, this one went poorly for a uh, a woman named Marcy Schaefer. She is a jailer, and she in South Carolina working at the women's prison. And she's forty three years old, and she baked up a huge batch of Rice Krispies. And I guess it was well known that this woman would bring Rice Krispies in for, you know the some of the inmates and some of the, 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 uh, her fellow workers and everybody that was there. Well, this time she happened to bake uh, a bunch of ecstasy into the, or push a bunch of ecstasy pills into the Rice Krispies. Not bake it into it, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. push the pills okay. in. And as she was distributing the ones without the pills, somebody noticed the ones with, with the, pills, the pills, and she got turned in and caught. Uh, I guess at doing a little bit of research, Rice Krispie treats for like the last five years have been the most commonly baked or used good to sneak uh, any type of narcotics into I our prison see, system. I can see how that would work. Like you're not actually baking them. Right. You, you yeah. know, when you're putting them into a pan, you can work in whatever you need to work in there. Boom, mm -hmm. off you go. Yeah, you could put a knife in there, a chisel. Yeah. Um, a shiv. A shiv. <laughs> If your if your buddy's being harassed, <laughs> you got to protect those Rice Krispie treats. Look, it's just Rice Krispies. Can I just get to like see my buddy and give him this batch of Rice Krispies? <laughs> it's an awkward shaped pan. <laughs> <laughs> just just want to give. Uh, it, it really is incredible though how drugs continue to find their way into our prison systems. Why is this Rice Krispie in the shape of a hammer? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I also did a little bit of research to find the most wacky forms of drugs being um, what, uh, snuck into America. And some of the biggest ones, so pigeons, they, they put little backpacks on pigeons. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and, and I, 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 you can actually Google the, the little backpack pigeons, and they fill the backpacks with, with drugs, and then the pigeons fly over the border. At least they're not stapling it to them. Yeah, no. like the little hats. That bugged me. That was in Vegas? Yeah. Oh. I still can't believe they stapled little 
no sombreros hats. and cowboy hats. They, one group had sombreros, one group had cowboy hats, but a lot of pigeons had stapled hats on them. That's terrible. Drones have become a big one. They're hooking drugs to drones and See, flying that makes more sense than a pigeon. And dropping it. Uh, they've been using art for a lot of years. Like in a canvas? Yep. All right. Yep. They, they'll, they'll, it just comes across as some type of, of tradable or movable art. Mr. Potato Head was a big one. Okay, that makes sense. They stuffed Mr. Potato Head with it. And uh, the, the, the craziest one I saw, this woman, she got implants. And in her oh, implants, stop it. 500 gram packages of cocaine in her implants. She was coming from Colombia. And when she got caught, she admitted to smuggling these drugs, citing that she was trying to provide for her three children in Colombia. Oh, she said heart. the drugs were surgically implanted by Colombian doctors, jam-packed with drugs, trying to get these. She probably didn't have a lot of choice in that. No, she probably didn't. But could you imagine you've got these things in your body that are packed full of, you know, straight Whatever it is. What's the most common drug out of Columbia? Is it cocaine? Cocaine. Yep. The booger sugar. It's not the heroin. The heroin. <laughs> More commonly known as the booger sugar. <laughs> Actually, that, that's Lloyd's term. He stole that. No, that's Hans' term. That oh, is that you? you no, did that? Hans came up yeah. with that one. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. Lloyd. Oh, I, feel, I feel bad about stealing that from you. No, it's fine because I, I steal things like uh, I took like a honey one from you years ago. And I've taken a couple others from you. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Hmm. Gordon, I, I, I'm speechless. I really don't know what to say to uh, certain methods used for importing contraband. My question is. If someone heard that segment and took that advice, are now Hans and Scotty on the hook for aiding and embedding? <laughs> Conspiracy after the fact? Or? I, 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 I. What's your uh, chosen method of smuggling, Gordon? <laughs> I tried to smuggle a bottle of honey into the country once, and they grabbed it and threw it away, and it was like a six seventy dollars bottle of honey. What what lengths did you go to smuggle it? I just left it in my carry-on. Oh, your carry-on. I thought you were going to say something else. Very unsophisticated. <laughs> so you weren't a good smuggler, uh, no, is, is what you're saying. You, you weren't a great smuggler. You got caught in your one attempt. <laughs> a 12-ouncer. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think would happen? You'd just be like, yeah, I'm Gordon no, Monson, no, I'm a columnist, was, no, I know John what, Wooden. What really happened was I forgot it was in there. I, I forgot. I, I didn't forget it was in there, but I forgot that you couldn't bring it into the country that way. I should have left it in my bag that was, uh, that was checked. I'll tell you what, one time. I had to leave it behind, though. Man, that was a $75 bottle of honey. It was big. It was a big bottle of honey. From Jamaica. And $75 I, for honey? But it was big. You get it for like $1.90 on the corner here raw. Yeah, but this was special. I see. Oh, so it was that's an why. edible honey. Yeah. I, actually, I was bringing it for you. 
You were bringing me narcotics? Yeah, no, it was honey. Special honey. <laughs> From Jamaica. This was the kind of honey you put on a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Uh-huh. But I, what do you do with, uh, with the woman who has, you know, the contraband packed into body parts of and whatnot? Of course, that's where your mind No, goes. what do you do? How are you supposed to check that? Well, uh, first they call Chester Shadows. What? And they say, "Hey Chester, we got a job for you." Oh, come on! What did what they do? Did they did Hans explain that? Funny, you're not asking about the potato head doll or the pigeons with backpacks. Well, right yeah, but those the... are no near where those are nowhere near as complicated. Have you ever tried to catch a pigeon? No. Like, do these pigeons just let you come up to them and take their backpack? I think they're they're probably the what are they honing pigeons? Yeah, but even they, they're just cool with strangers coming up and picking them up. I don't know, but I ran one over once. We heard that story. I don't know. I I don't know. People do get mighty clever in uh, their methodology. The Not Sports Port is next. <laughs> Stay tuned. Top that, Gordon. Jay Hill at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I will hour. not be talking about... Implants. Do you have a, a taco taste test story for us? <laughs> 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's Monday. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong play, uh, play of the game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50. And you win his own prize back at the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Only here on the Zone Sports Network. Caller 12. Let's get to the uh, Not Sports Sport. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusecars.com. Where are we going today, Gordon? Well, we're going, uh, we're, we're actually, we're staying in the present right now, and we're also going back in history. Okay. Is this an ego pride thing? No. The, you know, <laughs> uh, the first story, Jake, you guys were talking about this on the air the other day, but, and then I saw this and it caught my attention. Apparently, American kindergartners who are watching a whole lot of Peppa Pig, especially during the pandemic. They've been watching a whole lot of it. And now, apparently, all across America, kids are speaking exclusively in British accents and saying things like lovely, clever, petrol station, mince pie, and such. Daddy? (laughs) <laughs> That's the one I hate. So, so what would you do? Well, what would you do if Sadie started talking with a British accent and started talking? Like one guy gave an example. I was kid said something about going to the optician instead oh. of the eye doctor. Oh, Sadie's not allowed to watch Peppa Pig <laughs> for pretty much this reason. The first time she said, Daddy, I said, That's it. <laughs> 
no more Peppa. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be referred to in that manner. Do you really have a problem with that? Yeah, I don't want her to watch it because I don't want to be called Daddy. Yeah, but what if she likes it? Well, she can find something else to like. <laughs> I think that's. I think that shows you the influence of of these TV shows that kids like. I've watched Peppa Pig with the, with the kids. We hey, I'll tell you this: we have Peppa Pig books that I'm fine with. Well, when you're reading it, how do you say the British words? I don't. <laughs> what do I you just, mean you don't? I just read it. You just sub uh, sub in an American expression. Oh, I don't care about the expressions. I care about being called daddy. That's what I care about. <laughs> my, my my problem with Peppa is that they really make the dad look like a fool. And they very much always refer to his big tummy. Haven't you? Uh, daddy has a big tummy. Not cool. <laughs> haven't you noticed that that's sort of all across uh, entertainment these days, that the dad is always the idiot? Yeah. And, and I've kind of decided that that's what I get because for when I want 15 minutes of peace... <laughs> Maybe that's the trade-off. The dad gets made to look like the idiot, but I but get 15 minutes of the peace. The dad doesn't need to be fat shamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 the mother pig is not anywhere near a treadmill herself. But you, they're pointing out the big tummy on the dad. Do you think it's funny when they all fall over and start laughing? When my daughter does it with them, it's pretty funny. It's pretty cute. Jake isn't going to allow it in his household. <laughs> no. Okay, the other story is I, I came across this yesterday for some reason, and it's only 150 years old, maybe more. But did you have you heard about the story about the rich railroad baron in San Francisco who had a, uh, a neighbor on Knob Hill there in San Francisco who had built a, a humble little cottage on the hill? And then all of a sudden it became fashionable for these super wealthy people to come in and build these huge mansions. And one of this guy's name is Charles Crocker, I guess, who was a, a railroad baron. He built this huge mansion and in over in a corner of the property that he wanted was a, a humble little house. And so what he did was the man wouldn't sell. The man's name was uh Nicholas Young would not sell his house to this guy. And so what did the railroad baron do? He built a 40-foot fence wall around the man's property. Have you heard of this story? Yes. I've heard of a story like it. What's it's the, one of my favorite stories. Tell me. No, just that this guy built this big old fence to block out the guy's view completely. I, and it was like a foot and a half away from the house. It, and it and was, he, had, <laughs> he had like a vegetable garden that he loved, you know, and now all the sun yep. was blocked. How come I missed this story? I, I, I didn't know this story. I learned about it uh, on my honeymoon in San Francisco on really? a tour. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you can tour uh, Knob Hill. I guess there's a church there now. There is, yeah. I, I wish I hope to do that one day to somebody. How petty can it's, a man oh, be? It's delicious. He won't sell the property, so he builds a forty-foot wall or on three quarters of the man's around his house. It's illegal <laughs> now. They should have sold it. <laughs> Eventually, the family way later on did sell it. 
So, Jake, I mean, what would you do if your neighbor did something? Have you ever done anything spiteful like that? Maybe not to that extreme. What's the most spiteful thing you've ever done? Oh, there's a long list of that. But uh, so if this isn't a complete story or if this is fake news, then feel free to tell me. But have you ever been down to Southtown Mall and noticed that there is a house in the middle of the parking lot? No. Maybe no. not in the middle. Maybe that's a little extreme. Southtown Mall in Provo? It, no. Oh, South, or Sandy, I mean. In Sandy. But there is definitely, like, I've I've been to the house. I knew somebody who lived there a long time ago, and maybe the house isn't there anymore. But honestly. Inside the mall. like No, a parking lot. The parking lot. Like, right there's a val- the parking vast lot. parking lot. So there's Texas Roadhouse on the south. It's, let's see, it's more on the west, kind of north area, okay. or at least right. was. Again, right. I don't know if it's there anymore. But yeah, that was the story. They, they said, we're building a parking lot. How much do you want? They said, you can't uh, buy me. And so they just built the parking lot like around the house. <laughs> hey, you never have, you're never short on parking. Didn't that happen right over here where uh, where the Grand America with was the, built? There was the a flower shop. shop. Yeah. yeah, and they built around it. Yeah. Did 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 that uh, did that ever get resolved? Did that store that flower shop get knocked down? I don't. I'm not sure. I think they might have been incorporated eventually into the project project, but I don't know. But that was a thing because they didn't build the hotel for a while because of that flower shop. I'll, t- I'll tell you the most spiteful thing I ever did to a neighbor. What did you do? So we had a neighbor in our last neighborhood that would not pick up after their dog. Refused. And their dog fancied our front yard on their little walkabouts. Wait, did you do me, myself, and Irene, what, what Jim Carrey no, did? No, I didn't do <laughs> no? that. No. You pick, pull the salt gun out? I gave this lady three chances. Very kindly said, hey, I get it, you know, but please. And then she would not. And so on the third time, she went to Facebook and complained about me getting after her. So what I did is I collected my daughter's diapers for a month and then dropped them off on her driveway. (laughs) You did not. I hand to heaven did. What was her reaction? I don't know. We moved. (laughs) That's funny. Did you leave them in a bag or did you sprinkle them out? They were bagged. Oh, they, you They were in the diaper genie bags, you, you know. You should but. have unloaded them. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> so you dumped and dodged. Well, who's worse? I, I completely think I had I, to pick up her dog's excrement. At least my child's excrement so, was in so, a package. So what could she complain about you? That you said something. Uh-huh. What? You're not supposed to say something. And this is this is a dog friendly neighborhood and blah 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 blah. I blah, believe blah, blah. this neighbor said. Well, yeah, yeah it's so friendly. Come over and pick up your dog's crap. Because then the the, the second strike, and this is where I, what I left out for time. But the second strike was she did start picking it up, but then put it in my garbage can, not in a baggie or anything, just the raw waste right in my garbage in can. Garbage. So then my can. Got filthy and smelled, and I put it in the garage, and then my garage smells like her dogs took us. So then she went to Facebook and said, I'm putting it in his garbage can. And I said, well, if she can throw her dog's crap away in my garbage can, I can throw my daughter's crap away on her driveway. Austin is 100% in the right on this. I don't care if I broke the law. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Jay Hill coming up next. Stay tuned. What we'll a lead in. The Weaver State head football coach on the other side, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. 
Oh, hey guys, Jake here from my friends at Peach Window and Door. They are locally owned and operated. They are passionate Utah jazz fans, and they've been Utah's premier window and door retailer, combining beauty and technology on windows and doors since 1993. If you can dream it, they can do it, and frankly, probably have done it already. They are a complete turnkey window and door company. They want to make sure you're happy. They're not into high-pressure sales. They want to make sure you get what you want, not what they want to sell you. They don't do the subcontractor thing, uh, so that means no ghosting. They'll sell you your windows and doors. Their crews install them, and they back it up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. They're all about customer service. If you call them, they will answer answer all the way through the project. Uh, they have 0% uh, interest available for financing. They also have free in-home estimates. So have them out to your house. Show them exactly what you need done. They'll tell you how they can do it. There's a few ways to get the ball rolling. You can go to peachbuildingproducts.com. Find out why they have over 255-star reviews on Google. Go to their showroom. The showroom is beautiful. They can show you exactly what they can do. 2940 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Or call. Schedule that in-home estimate. 801-566-1255. That's 801-566-1255. Peach window and door.